0: Hey guys, welcome to another Hangout Talks. This is episode five, Peter underscore the Student marketer here, and I'm with Tret, Mr. Goodall.
1: What do you do when your nine to five life goes dark? And where do you shine your light to know your next direction? Today, we're hanging out with life coach Ben Fritz to discuss this topic. With all that said, let's hang out. All right. Welcome to Hangout Talks. Um, today we have Ben Fritz from Chicago here. Uh, ben coaches individuals who are drained 9 to 5ers who confidently leave the corporate world and create a life of purpose. His mission is to empower individuals to break free from their comfortable, secure job so that they have the freedom to make an impact by sharing u- their unique gifts to the world. Uh, let's welcome Ben. Hey, welcome, Ben.
2: Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm so excited to be here.
1: We are excited as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like I was telling people about this episode, and they're like, "Oh yeah, let me know when that comes out. Wait, I want to, I want to know. I'm, I'm feeling little <laughs> Drain. I'm, I'm feeling this mm-hmm. like right now. I'm like, hey, uh, the perfect episode to tune in. Uh, no matter how you're feeling. Um, of course, to all our audiences out there, we got love hanging out with you. Uh, ben Fritz is hanging out with us today. We got Peter's a student market and myself, uh, Tret from Mister Goodall um today's topic we get to know ben fritz a little bit more uh what steps you can take to get out of the nine to five and everything that encompasses that and then why is it important why are we talking about this um so i'll, I'll go to ben it's like um could you let the audience know about your story ben a little bit about i know i know a little bit because we've been talking but you know to everybody else hanging out with this
2: yeah yeah absolutely so i i kind of take it back to um College and so I graduated college with a degree in computer science. Um, Going into college, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Uh, I was good in math and science. I like I was just good in those areas. That was my strong points. And so in high school, it was kind of like um, my counselor at the time was like, "Hey, you know, do you ever think about doing engineering? It's a, a field where you can use those things and." Engineers are always needed. There's, there's good money in the field too. And so I was like, okay, like that sounds good to me. It sounds interesting. It makes sense. And if there's financial stability in it, even better. So that was kind of what I went off of. And so so went to college. I went to Uni- university of Illinois uh, engineering department there. My degree is in computer science. And I midway through um, like it was just so hard. It was so difficult and it just felt like such a struggle. I, you know, like I, I'd always felt really smart and stuff. And in high school, I was like at the top of my class and did really well. And things felt pretty easy. Uh, totally different in college. I kind of (laughs) like got just hit in the face. Um, and everything was, was difficult. And so the reason I mentioned that is because in hindsight, um, I wasn't really driven by this. I'm so in love with computer science. I'm so in love with the work that I'm doing and the potential work that I'm going to be doing in the world. The drive for me became money was like, you know what? I've got to get this degree because I'll finally like, I'll I'll be making enough money to pay back my loans, but I'll also be making um, a good amount of money. I'll like get this big paycheck that I'm like so excited for and it'll all be worth it. Like that was all like, literally I kept telling myself, through these difficult years of like, especially like junior and senior year, like so much stress and anxiety. Um, my classes and stuff were so hard. They just weren't coming naturally to me. And the work was, it was like somewhat interesting, but it definitely, I wasn't like that connected with it. I was much more connected with, I just want to get out and make good money. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And, And in hindsight, um, that's not me. And I'm just not the person where money is everything. For some people, stability is really important. And as long as they have that, they can kind of um, make sense of everything else. But I quickly realized this for me. Um, I got a job in the field right after college or a couple couple months after I graduated. And um, I I signed on, you know, signed the contract for, you know, my salary is $52,000 and so I'm like super excited. I was like, "Yes, this is like this this big boy paycheck that I was have been waiting for. I worked so fucking hard for. Sorry, I, I don't know going to play on here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, yeah. I worked I worked so hard for. Um, uh-huh. And that was so. It was this moment of like, oh, I finally made it. I finally like this feels good. Uh, mm-hmm. and so started working the job. It was interesting. It felt cool. It was like exciting to be doing these Like, you know, it felt like really adult things to me. Um, you know, I was wearing my business casual. I was going to the office. I was, you know, commuting, uh, you know, I just felt like so yeah. grown up and I was getting this great paycheck and I, you know, I knew that I had like a lot of room for growth in my field. So mm-hmm. at first it was really exciting. Um, that first year was like, okay, this is cool. But quickly, um, I so I always tell people, it's like really interesting because there was a turning point for me. And that turning point was my one-year review with my boss. Uh, and okay. we sat down and I can visually remember sitting in in this conference room that we were in. And, you know, we're talking, she's like, you know, whatever, we're going over her, you know, all the stuff we need to hit on. But then she... She mentioned, she's like, okay. So she's like, what are your goals for the next year here? And I just went completely blank. Mm. And immediately I was like, oh shit, like this isn't good. Like f- this is not good for me. I've always been an ambitious goal-driven person. I've always been excited to to grow and get to the next step. And I just always want to learn And so in this moment, I was like, oh, no, like I, I don't have any goals. And that was like a real red flag for me. So from that point on, I really started um, doing a lot of thinking around that. And then it, it led me to really the realization that I wasn't using my full potential. Like, yes, the work was fine. I didn't hate my job. I really didn't hate it. And I know that there are people that truly hate what they're doing. Um, And fortunately I wasn't in that place, but because I am the person that I am, because I am so passionate and, and just need to feel very connected to what I'm doing on a daily basis. I realized that I couldn't go to a job that I didn't care about whatsoever. I had to have some sort of emotional connection. So I started doing a lot of soul searching Mm -hmm started trying to figure out, you know, what, what I did want then, if this wasn't the case, then, then what is it that I wanted? And um, essentially what I came to is that I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to help people. I wanted to feel like I was sharing the things that were special about me. And for me, that was making a difference in people's lives and being able to, to provide some sort of value to somebody in a way that felt really meaningful to me. And the way that I came, you know, the conclusion I came to was personal training because at the time I was super into fitness. And so I was like, oh, well, this is something that people need help with. I know a lot about it. And it's like really interesting to me. I could help people do this. And it wasn't something that I'd ever seriously considered. Uh, It wasn't something that anybody really, you know, put out there to me as like a, a quote unquote real job or a, you know, a real career. So I just never thought of it in those terms. But when I broke it down like this, I was like, well, it just makes sense. Like, that's a good starting point. So why don't I do that? So there, there's a lot more pieces to the story. Basically, I, I I kind of continued to have um, some stress and anxiety issues that I had, experience started experiencing a lot throughout college um i had some health issues and things that were kind of like really uh, so i eventually i ended up working there for two years but this the second year at the job was when all this stuff really started to catch up to me in Mm -hmm. terms of my mental emotional and physical health Um, but at this Mm -hmm. point i had started studying for my personal training certification so Mm -hmm. I got to a point where the, the health stuff got pretty bad at one point. And so that was a struggle. But I also then like knew that I was going to leave this world, th- this corporate world. It wasn't going to be a place that I was going to stay. And I had a feeling that it was really going to help give me much more stability in terms of my uh, my mental, emotional, and physical health. And so I ended up quitting after two years and transitioned into, um, well, staying at home at my parents' house for a while. <laughs> I quit without <laughs> a no job words. lined up. Um, and I think that's, <laughs> that's interesting to, to share with people because I think a lot of people, that's like a really scary concept. Um, I yeah. think there's also a lot of stigma around doing that. There's, you know, a lot of stigma about not having a job, about going in and living with your parents again. And so to me, I was like, well, I just don't care because I just know that this is the right move. And that's a part that I, I really like to get across to people is that I didn't have a lot of support in doing this. Even my parents who had always been supportive throughout my entire life, um, you know, all my decisions through, through high school and college, things like that, they were always really supportive. And I didn't feel that support from them during this time they're like you know are are you crazy like you paid all this i mean you're literally in tens of thousands of dollars of debt because of this education you're just going to throw it away you're you're going to start this another this this whole new thing this whole new direction in your life that you there's no security around you don't know if it'll work out and for me i was just like you know what like it just feels right. I just know that it's a thing that I need to do. And I couldn't rationalize it really to anybody. Yeah. But I just knew that I had to be true to myself and what I felt. And, and so that's what I did. And and so (laughs) I did the scary thing and, and left. Um, I eventually got a a job a couple months later, uh, personal training at an Equinox, um, kind of like a higher end gym slash club in Chicago, and was, like, super excited to do that and uh, quickly realized that it was everything that I had dreamed it to be. I just felt so right to not be sitting at a desk. It felt so right to be helping people. And, and I will say, too, like, it's important to understand that I started off where I was walking around the gym cleaning the place. Like (laughs) I wasn't, it wasn't like I started helping people and making this crazy impact right away. Like I was cleaning, you know, cleaning benches. I was straightening up weights, but I didn't care because I wasn't stressed anymore. And, you know, we all have like regular normal stresses. Right. But like, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling this extreme amount of stress that I was before. I wasn't chained to a desk. I was in an environment that felt really positive to me and just exciting it just felt exciting and that that was something that really stuck with me as well as like once i had that experience even you know i didn't make anything that first year in personal training man i probably made 15 000 to 20000 dollars like seriously nothing compared to what i was making before but i didn't care i didn't care because i was happy and yeah, I knew eventually that I would have to figure out, you know, how to make more money than that. But um, to start out, I was just like, I had the realization that I didn't ever want to go back to living a life where I didn't feel excited, a life that I didn't feel, didn't make me feel alive. And in that moment, the way that I like to describe it to people now is I felt like I was living my life as a blueprint. And then I got this experience and got a taste of living my life as an adventure. And that to me was profound and so, so different. I was like, I literally cannot go back to living a blueprint life after experiencing the taste of adventure. And so, (laughs) so yeah, so that was kind of, that was what happened. Um, I've done a handful of stuff since then. I, I, um, I, you know, I, 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 and eventually after a year I quit Equinox, I, I still realized that I didn't like corporate BS, um, cause there was still, there was still <laughs> the, the political <laughs> crap within, um, within that structure. And so I set off yeah. and started my own personal training business, actually almost exactly, mm-hmm. um, like two weeks from exactly seven years ago. And mm-hmm. So I started training people. And again, I I like people to know here that there was another leap of faith. Like I didn't have this, this big book of clients. I had probably, um, like 50% or 40% of what would be considered like a full time, um, like a salary that I could live off of. But again, I just trusted, like, I just knew that this was the right decision. I was doing it based on a feeling. And again, people are like, are you crazy? Like you just don't know, you don't have any experience running your own business. And again, I was like, but I'll figure it out. I'm, I'm going all in on myself. I'm trusting myself. I'm trusting my gut. I'm trusting what makes sense to me and what feels right. And so I did that and I had another, it was kind of like another breakthrough moment where I was like, man, this just feels incredible because like a year, say like two years later, um, I was making a full-time living, basically I, I moved out of my parents' house. I was making uh, a good amount of money, something that I could live off of in Chicago, which is you know a, a pretty decent amount yeah. of money. Um, yeah. and again, it was another situation where I was like, "This is incredible if I can if I can do this, if I can trust myself, and if I can work hard enough to make this happen, if I can have a career doing something that I love and make good money." make a living and be happy. Like I've hit the jackpot. This is, this is incredible. And it was like in that moment where I was just like, I want everybody to feel this way. <laughs> and yeah. I realized that that's not necessarily the case for everybody. But, um, but what I did realize is that so many more people can experience that than they think. And people are much, much more capable of that than they give themselves credit for um, so basically what happened that to, to finish this up um how i got to what i'm doing today is that i continued to see my story play out <clears throat> excuse me with my personal training clients i started to see people coming into me to work out to to improve their fitness but their their work-life balance was a complete mess um they were you know 30 years old but they were on the verge of burnout And they were working insane hours and they had no connection to their work other than they just felt like they had to or they had to do this for the company. Or they they were just, I kept seeing individuals who were just such good people, who are so talented, who are so gifted, yet all of these things were going to waste because they were so far out of alignment with those things. Because they were so invested in their job and their identity with that that they didn't have the space to to realize these these amazing things about themselves and just enjoy life. Um, so I started through working with these people, even though they were coming to me for fitness. I eventually started helping them make these bigger shifts in their lives. And once I started doing that, I was just like, "Oh, like this is this is like what lights me up." And so, <clears throat> kind of the, mm-hmm. basically, that just transitioned into what I'm doing. Um, I had some more health issues going like almost two years ago now. Um, that was enough to shift me, it gave me enough time to really think about what I wanted going forward in my life. And I was like, I want to go all in on helping people do that. I love fitness, it's really important to me, and I'll always, you know, it'll always be a special thing for me. But, um, I knew my heart, like, again, just another one of those moments of like what felt right to me going forward was helping people make this shift so sorry if that was it was long-winded there but mm-hmm. i kind of i feel like all the details are, are kind of important so <laughs> that's the- yeah no no no. no 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 that was well. awesome that You're good. like
1: that story just like from the way beginning and how it became to be because it's for our audiences to be hanging out with us it's kind of like oh man that's just kind of like where I'm at, what, what stages I'm at. Am I at the college level right now? Maybe I'm finding my major. Mm-hmm. I'm working at this place, but what's going on? Yeah. Um, Cause it's like yeah. how Ben and I connected. It's crazy. Cause we talked and as we further just kept talking. Like we're like in similar in that sense. Cause we both come on a fitness background. Like I, I, like what Ben said, I was like, uh, I did the very similar thing. I taught one class a week and then I went to like cleaning equipment, you know, then slowly building up clients because you don't walk in there with like, oh, here's 30 clients. that Yeah. You. Okay, <laughs> cool. I, I wish that was scheduled. It wasn't. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so, and then what Um. Ben was training factor or that factor that made him realize it was, uh, I know you mentioned like that one year review. Um. And then mine was very similar in that sense where my, my boss at the time, the owner of the gym, it was like, I think, two years into my GM position. And he just one day, he's like, hey, I, if you don't feel like doing this anymore, and you wake up one day, you feel like you don't want to do this anymore, let me know. And I was like, oh, yeah, for sure. I'll definitely let you know. I, I had everything, then Money, power, flexibility, mm-hmm. everything that come with a job. I was like – and again, money was drawing me. It mm-hmm. wasn't passion or anything. It was money. Um, but then one day, I seriously woke up, and I was like, I. I don't want to do this anymore, and same with Ben left without anything back up, like no job, no anything yeah. <laughs> <laughs> invested in school, yeah, this is hard. but the thing is what I relate to Ben too as well is like that one moment where you're like this is right, this feels right, um mm. and the other stuff didn't matter, and i I know people are kind of some people are having a hard time kind of thinking about they're maybe on the verge or leaving the nine to five or like wh- what ifs or what ifs got to go on? Like, I think Ben, like what, what do you, what do you think people are having a hard time right now with mostly with regarding the nine to five and when to kind of like make a switch or, uh, something along those lines.
2: Yeah. I think the first thing is like what you just mentioned and kind of how you related to, to my story and those things that I pointed out was first of all, realizing and being very conscious of the fact that your situation isn't for you and being able to to listen to that and so like when you have that pull towards oh like I'm interested in this other thing or oh like maybe this industry isn't for me anymore I think the first thing is really being able to listen to that because for so many of us, this is like why I mentioned the not having support because it's really easy to listen to those around us and, and have those external sources saying, yeah, but that doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. you're crazy. Like, yeah, but you have a lot of money. You have a lot of, like you said, flexibility, power, any of those things. And so (laughs) a lot of times, you know, for me, and like even working with my clients, it's like it's like in those situations, you're like, yeah, like I I know it sounds crazy, <laughs> like I get it, and, and I'm already yeah. scared. I don't need your like coming to me and not supporting me because. So, and that's why I believe that the first step is is believing that and really acknowledging it because so much of the process flies in the face of. What we were told, right? And like leaving a nine to five feels really scary. It feels really unsafe or unstable. And so I think that's the first thing for people is really realizing that if you're like recognizing that, that pull within you, that little voice that's saying, like, I want to leave, really acknowledging it and giving the space and then believing it and then truly listening to it and being curious enough to be like, okay, then what is next? Like, what could that look like for me? Because I think so many people get stuck at that step and they can't get past the fears. The fears just keep Mm -hmm. coming and resurfacing and they just, I can't, I can't do anything else. You know, like this is like, for me, for example, it's like, oh, you know, I could have easily been like, oh, this is what I went to college for. I, you know, I can't possibly do anything else. Um, the knowledge piece is a big thing for people. There's a lot of stigma around change. Uh, like I can't quit. I can't make a change. People like judge me for that. And then of course there's the money thing. The money thing is the thing that I see more than anything else. Um, people are just so scared of financial instability. And what's funny is that usually the people that I work with or that I see this with, These are people that are not struggling. These are people that have a comfortable lifestyle, have adapted to that. They like nice things, you know, go out to eat, brunch on the weekends, all that kind of thing, (laughs) which is which is great. But you know, these aren't Mm. people that are struggling. These are people that are relatively comfortable. And yeah, sure, they have bills, they may have student loans, things like that. But just the sense Mm. of having some insecurity around money or letting go of this comfort that they've created for themselves is is paralyzing quite frankly yeah
0: yeah and most definitely like it says we're just kind of speak going to like talking about like signs like you you kind of like notice that you talked about that first step where you kind of hear that little like voice inside of you like okay like I don't feel like this is right for me, I have the money, money is an issue, or maybe it is, but inner voice tells you, like, this is not the right path I should be taking, you know, what what are signs that you kind of, like, start to hear that voice, or, like, different signs, for example, like, in the workplace, outside, so I guess internal and external, that you start to to realize that you should address right away? Yeah,
2: so... And this is, I love the question because it's really important to be able to Mm -hmm. see the signs and then recognize them to kind of get you to the next step of like, okay, what do I do about it? So for, I think kind of the, um, the staple ones are really a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, um, even, even depression, when you're feeling those things, those are are telltale signs that something is not right. And maybe it's not your job, but those are uh, that's a good place to start because that is your essentially your body's way of saying that it's, it's a it's a warning sign. It's like your your body's telling you something's not right here, something's not going well, something you know, something is off. And so I think a big reason that people don't take that more seriously is that this has become normalized in our society stress and anxiety have become normalized and it's almost like it's funny um I I like wrote something about this this morning and I haven't shared it yet but I'm going to share it tonight um like we're almost we almost wear that as a badge of honor and it's like if we aren't stressed out if we aren't feeling this way then we're not working hard enough, or what we're doing isn't meaningful. And so I think the normalization of stress in our society is actually yeah. uh, really detrimental because we're we're not meant to feel like that all the time. Again, like I think I mentioned it as I was yeah. as I was you know spieling before. Like my like we all feel stress at some point.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, good and bad right.
2: stress. chronic stress that's actually yeah. having an effect on your mental well-being or your physical well-being is not healthy. So seeing those things first and then two, um, just also being open to things that are a little bit more subtle. So general unhappiness, um, just feeling maybe you're not depressed, but maybe you're feeling like you're waking up every day, totally disconnected. You're not excited to wake up you have that feeling of like, Oh shit. Like, here we go again. Um, you know, kind of the Sunday scaries, you know, we talked about that. Like you're on, on the weekends, you're, you know, Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, We're just like, Oh man, I cannot, like, I can't believe I have to go back to another week of this. (laughs) You you know that like, right. Yeah. 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 yeah, It's a terrible feeling. And for me, this is one of those things where I was just like, man, I was like, it, it's, I, I can't, I can't believe that this is all there is to life. Like, I, I just, I, I'm not willing to accept yeah. that. And so, you know, you, you can call me a dreamer, you yeah. can call me a crazy millennial like or whatever you want, stuff, but you know? I'm like, to yeah. me, it just doesn't make sense. It's like, if I don't feel alive and if I don't feel connected to and excited about the things that I get to do on a daily basis, then then that's just not right. That's not like, that's just not the way I want to live. Mm-hmm. No, like it's
1: great that you brought yeah. that up that
2: Sunday. I, I think for me, it was like what, four,
1: 4. PM on Sunday when I was at the position, like I was like, oh man, back at it tomorrow. I I push all this stuff up. And then now Monday I have to go deal with it. Now uh, that kind of feeling on those Sundays and I, mm-hmm. I totally get. And, and it's like, yeah, it's not like you dislike your work. It's just like you, you felt like you'd need to do more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and I think, uh, and then looking back to like your why and like why you do certain things. Like um, I know you mentioned, you just, you just found what this is what you're supposed to do and you want to get those people that are drained out of there or help them transition and help them uh, clarity. Uh, one of the things too, as well. And then mm-hmm. would you say, is there more to your why? Or if, if there's uh, like something you haven't ex- explained about your why, like what would you say your why be?
2: Yeah. I, I, I love this question because I think that if we all took more time to really think about this question as adults, I know it's hard when we're young, right? Like we don't really know. <laughs> we're just <laughs> no, no. We're trying to, we're trying to figure life out. You know, we're trying to, you know, like date girls and you know, just like have fun. But like, <laughs> eventually, you get to a point in your adult life where we need to revisit that and. Because we've kind of like done the whole thing of being young and yeah. now it's like, okay, what, you know, what is my why? And I think that it's just not something we're taught to do. It's not something that is, is like a, kind of like a normal, regular thing in society. It's like, oh, well, I don't, I don't have time to think about that. I got to work. I got stuff to do. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. I don't have to yeah, think yeah. about my why.
0: <laughs> no, it's very true. No, because, you know, in a way, like, sad thing is, like, our society kind of, um, kind of, like, makes that a normal thing. Like, oh, like, you see it in everywhere, almost, like, advertisements, videos. It's about having that fun, going parties, having that fun, going out again, girls, mm-hmm. boyfriends, wh- whatever it is. And then you eventually you forget, like, what's my purpose in life? Like, you forget, like, that fundamental purpose or searching for that purpose, which, you know, like, your whole your whole life. That's what you were mm-hmm. intentionally supposed to do. And let so many At, outside yeah. factors.
2: Absolutely. You. Absolutely. All that stuff affects mm-hmm. us so much. And yeah, it's like, and it's funny too. Cause a lot of times when I first start working with clients, that's like the foundational work we do is like, what drives you? What are your values? Mm-hmm. What are the things you care about in life? What are your priorities? And it's crazy. The amount of people that are like, wow, I've never thought about this. <laughs> like, isn't that isn't that nuts? That's like crazy to me. It, like, I'm so, I feel so fortunate to, to be in this position and, and be helping people in this way. But I joke about like, we shouldn't need me. We shouldn't need a person like me to like help guide us because this is something that I wish was inherent and was normalized because- mm-hmm it's everything. So Mm -hmm. to answer, to answer your question then about uh, my why is really, it's, it's really pretty simple in that it's to, I want people to feel excited about being alive. I want people to feel that connection. Like I mentioned during my story, I want them to have that light bulb moment where they go, Oh man, like there is more to life. I want people to experience that. And and even a little bit deeper and kind of um, bigger picture than that is I want to empower people to share their gifts with the world. And I, I truly believe that we all have something to offer. And I know a lot of people will kind of like have a knee-jerk reaction and be like, oh, well, I don't have that much to offer. Like, oh, like, no. <laughs> Yeah, we no, no, no. we all have happen. something, and I I think that um some people are more in touch with that than others, obviously. But in general, I just want to empower people to to share their gifts because when people do, the the world becomes a better place, and that's so. That's my overall goal, my why.
1: No, that no, that's awesome, and and you're right. It's like you talk to some people, and they're like. I was like, "Tell me about yourself." They're like, "Oh, I'm boring. I have
0: nothing." I was like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, <laughs> like, you have to have something. <laughs> yeah, with those people, like, you're like, "Wait, like, you you know something that I don't, or at least you have some like skill." Like, I think sometimes people devalue oh, for themselves sure. a little bit too much. They're just like, they're just like, "Oh, I, I don't have anything. I'm shy." Like, and that it, it's just because it, it's a whole different topic, but it's a comparison game kind of thing. They'll compare you're themselves to another person. And that's when they start to like kind of shut themselves off. Yeah, like, People got to stop that. It's, it's, I know it's hard. I, I do that a lot, but I think it's one of the factors that, you know, make them say sort of like, Oh, I, I got nothing. You're like, you know, you,
2: you got something. Like, Absolutely. Okay. And, and so much of that goes to, like you said, like, you know, you could do a whole, whole talk on that alone, but like so much, yeah. So, so much <laughs> of it Absolutely. Is. are these programmed beliefs Mm -hmm. that we have about the world and about who we are and all these narratives run our life. And whether that was instilled in us by our parents, by our, by our schooling, by society as a whole, all those things play a part. And the only reason that you're feeling small or playing small is Mm -hmm. because of those narratives. You, you inherently as an individual, as a human, you have amazing things to offer. It's all the other stuff that was layered on top of that that is hidden that. So like you were saying, it's like if you're feeling like you don't have anything to offer or if you're not sure, you know, I can assure you that you do. It's just a matter of uncovering that. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and uh,
1: do you have like, do you, uh, have you encountered clients before where they're like, I, you help them uncover that? been
2: yeah (laughs) yeah and so this is actually um what i've told people is, is kind of my superpower so to speak um i can usually talk with somebody for an hour or two and i can i can tell them what their gift is because i can i can i can just tell and like by my line of questioning and by having like a very genuine conversation with somebody that's the thing that I can immediately feel from somebody. And um, so, yeah, so a lot of what I do is for people that are struggling to find that or who aren't quite sure or who, you know, if people are familiar with the term, having a lot of imposter syndrome, basically just not believing that that is who you are, who you're meant to be. um, Just like so much work around those things.
0: Mm.
1: No. And, yeah, just uncovering that—that's—that's that's probably the toughest part. Like, you have it in you by the way you speak, by, by the way you carry yourself, and just normal things. You don't have to do something extravagant to be like, oh yeah, that's me. Um, you don't have to be the best singer, or dancer, or something like that. But like, along something along those lines, is like that's that's you. Yep. Um, and and I think it's sometimes like they don't have support for that to bring it out. I could be wrong too, but sometimes like mm-hmm. maybe like they haven't really found it because they don't have somebody like to support them because yeah. uh, they, they could probably bring it up. Like I, I feel like I'd be pretty good at this and somebody's like, I don't think you do. I just like – but mm-hmm. what what would you just, I guess, say to somebody that needs that support or somebody that – or kind of against it? Like.
2: Yeah, I think – I love that you bring that up because it's kind of what I mentioned about my situation earlier too. And I see this with my clients all the time. The people that are the most stuck are the ones who are still relying on external validation to figure out who they Mm. are or what they need to be doing or want to truly be doing in their heart. So I always, always one of the first steps for people is really take a close look at who is supporting you, actually supporting you in your life. Because what I have found is that our inherent network, our family and our friends, the people that we just assume are going to support us don't always. And that's not to put them down. That's not to say anything bad about Mm -hmm. them. All that's to say is that, we can't safely assume that. It's not fair to ourselves and it's not fair to them to assume that they are supporting, unconditionally supporting us in our dreams and and the person that we really want to be. So one of the first things I have people do is really evaluate and assess the people you're spending a lot of time with, the people that you're talking to, the things that you care about with. You know, if, if, (laughs) if you have a friend who always you know like plays down your ideas or always like oh yeah that sounds nah, like whatever that doesn't sound that smart that doesn't sound that great <laughs> we all have those we yeah, all have well, those. well and the thing is too, like <laughs> no, for sure just don't go to them then like <laughs> like find somebody else yeah. we're, we get so stuck in yeah. relying on this person or or hoping that eventually they're going to come around or something like that and so so just make sure that you can honestly assess your people. The the people that are around you know which ones support you and which ones don't. And if you have nobody, because that that's honestly, that's the case Mm -hmm. for a lot of people and kind of to what you were saying, this can be a really, really critical piece because if you're constantly met with a lack of support it's really, really hard to, to make that push. Um, so I always tell people part of the process is being able to let go of people in your life who aren't supporting you. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. You know, I I see people struggle with guilt around that. It doesn't mean you're a bad person, like friends fall in and out of our lives and that's okay. And, And, and really then yeah, actively Mm -hmm. work at surrounding yourself with people who support you. And that was something that I made a mistake with for for a long time. I I just didn't actively go about doing it. I felt entitled and that everybody should support me just because, like I said, because they are my friends, they are my family. And so, yeah, I do see that with people all the time. Mm -hmm. Finding people that support you is huge and and look at the end of the day you know who does and you know who doesn't so it's just up to you to be very honest mm-hmm. about that yeah that, that's a really good oh,
0: absolutely oh.
1: go ahead man. oh okay <laughs> I was like, oh, oh. no chat, you can go ahead it, it's a regular hangout it, that's it, right <laughs> we all we all have these thoughts going firing all at yeah, once yeah, yeah. and you're like just sparking it too so it's awesome and and it's yeah like back to the friend mm-hmm. thing because like um, sometimes you get stubborn. You're like, man, I- I'm going to have change this person's mind to support me. I'm going to change it somehow. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then your, your focus is solely to get their yeah. support when so others already are supportive, no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we get stubborn sometimes that, and then, and like mm-hmm. you made a great point where it's like, just because they support you on one thing doesn't mean they'll support you on this yeah. other thing. Cause we get caught in that too. Like, Hey, you, you supported me with mm-hmm. this. Why don't you support me with this? Um, and then we get so caught yeah. up. I I know mm-hmm. I get pent up. Like I'm emo- not emotional right now, but <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm like I'm like passionate about yeah. it because I'm like <laughs> this this hits like everybody that's listening to it. Mm-hmm. Like it hits like it's okay for that support system.
0: No, it definitely yeah. does. Yeah, to vouchers with that tread. Like I definitely, you know, I've I've had that experience before. Like just people with myself, people in my life. You know, like sometimes I feel like they get rid of like the wrong people and they don't know how to balance like what's the good people to keep in your life and the bad people that live in your life it's 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 a hard balance it definitely definitely is you know like you said earlier it comes down to a lot yeah of evaluation for yourself you know like okay Mm -hmm. like who are really the good people that I should be keeping close and I'm making sure that I'm not leaving those bad people I mean I'm not leaving those good people and actually bringing them closer if I make a mistake you know, bringing them back and surround, surrounding them with the right people, you know, but what, what is interesting, like this another question that popped in my head was like, you know, especially like for those who want to start this journey, especially like self-assessment, you know, s- assessing their support system, Why would you say like their next step is, if they're starting to contemplate? Like, what Sorry, what you
2: if on. they're going to, if they're going to go into what? Yeah, oh, so if
0: they're going to jump on the, the next yeah. direction of actually going to, leaving their nine to five, like what are they yeah. contemplating? What would you say the next step is? Should they take like small steps or should they jump right into it? Yeah. So your, your
2: it's totally individual. And I know, I know that's like kind of an annoying response, but it truly is like mm. for me. Um, yeah, yeah, And I've always been this way. And I've done this a few times throughout my journey, even in other times mm-hmm. that I didn't even get to mention, but like mm-hmm. I eventually reach a point where I just have to jump. Like I, I, I can't do it anymore. And I'm willing to embrace the uncertainty to get out of a situation that doesn't feel good to me. So it really comes down to really understanding your, uh, your capacity for, like I said, uncertainty, for, for risk and uncertainty, um, because some people this is the, the stress of the uncertainty is going to outweigh the benefit. And to other people like me, the, the stress of staying in a situation that doesn't feel good is going to outweigh the uncertainty. I'd, I would rather take the leap and just try to like fly by the seat of my pants and make things work. So it's very individual in that sense. And it really, I mean, so much of this stuff comes back to knowing yourself being reflective and being introspective mm-hmm. and knowing who you are and your tendencies is so so important throughout all of this process so i would say like just like first and foremost mm-hmm. through you know if you're if you're even like contemplate if any of this stuff makes sense to you or sounds like something that's like resonating with you the absolute first step you should make is doing more introspection. Really the the more you can get in touch with yourself, the better that you know yourself, essentially the more informed decisions you're going to be making throughout this mm-hmm. process. So that's kind of like that's first and foremost, like that's you have to have that. Um and then from
0: would you say there's a good and bad way to do it
2: or honestly would you say there's at, a good and bad first, way to do it like- um it's kind of messy. So I would, I would kind of say, no, like there's not really a good and a bad way. It's like, just, just don't be afraid to get your hands dirty in terms of digging into who you are and what makes sense for you. Uh, one of the things that has changed my life and has become a mantra for me. And that I love sharing with people is get curious, get curious about yourself, get curious about why you're stressed out get curious about the things that upset you get curious about why your relationship isn't working the way you want it to be get curious about why you hate your job get curious about why you want to start Mm -hmm. something else why you want to become a personal trainer like truly the more Mm -hmm. you can get curious about something the more you can start questioning things the more you're going to uncover and so that is, is a really – like I said, or like kind of to, to respond to what you're saying is like there's not really a good and a bad as long as you're starting from that place and just being genuinely curious.
1: Yeah. No, I, I was about to yeah. ask you to give one more advice to everybody that's listening before we end it today. But I I, I like that. I love that. Like that. Like that, that, that curious. Like I, I don't want to – Yeah, beautiful. Uh, yeah. Let, let that sink in for – everybody that's hanging out with us, like be curious of what, like, yeah, you uh, right. Like be curious mm-hmm. on why you feel in that way. Like then figure stuff out, but like be curious about it. Mm-hmm.
0: Not just like, Oh, I just don't like it. It's keeping that open mind and understanding. Like yeah, these are, you know, opportunities that I can, you know, if I'm able to learn more about myself and what my values are, let's, let's look into it a little bit more. Like I'm kind of taking totally. Steps and, uh, uh,
2: that. and to that point, you're so mm-hmm. right. Like, I was working with um, a client that I just started working with. We had a call yesterday and a lot of the foundational process that I take people through, but like to what you're mentioning, I think Peter is like, what can people start to do themselves? Just understand that the process is messy and it's going to feel that way. And so the way that I described it to by this client is so much of the foundational process is, and like the exercises I had them do is like, it's so much less about figuring out the answers and so much more about gathering information. And it's like, I likened it to walking through a cave. The cave is pitch black. You have a flashlight and what you're doing in this process is you're shining the light anywhere and everywhere. And and basically just when you find something that's kind of interesting, really, really like shining the light on that and looking at it. And that's truly what you're doing here is like, you're not trying to find the quote unquote answer. All you're trying to do is shine the light on things that could potentially lead you to that, to get, more information to get a better picture for what this cave looks like, <laughs> like who you are and what you want yeah. Get a better picture of that. Because then again, you can yeah. make informed decisions. Once you know that the cave goes, goes this direction and there's like a big pool of water on the other side, you can go down the path that doesn't lead you into the pool of water. You know? Yeah.
0: No, absolutely. And you bring up a good point with that cave just because cause like, I think it brings up the idea of like time. Cause I think, for me in the marketing field, people ask that all the time. Like, they're always, yeah, like, <laughs> gonna take. I'm like, there is no time to be honest with you. Like, like, wait, what? Like, they'll give you that answer. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I want results now. And I'm like, you know, but that's the issue with life and any business process or any life process that, you know, like this, these things take time. If you want to lead a successful life or be happy with what you have, you have to give it time. You have to, you know, take little, little things. Yeah. Really take a look at it and see how you can apply it. For example, picking up a rock, like, okay, what is this rock? What does it do? Can I make a tool out of it? How can I apply it? Like, where where does this lead me? You know, so so
2: so strongly agree with that. And to you know, I guess to kind of tie this up, if you do want one last thing, I think that leads me perfectly into this is that Mm -hmm. the, the best message I could give to you if this this resonates if this hits home is you've got to be in this for the long haul. You can't be in this for quick fixes because if that's what you're looking for, it's not going to be, it's not going to work. You're just going to get yourself in another situation that you don't like, or that doesn't feel good, or that has you feeling stressed and anxious and, and getting to a point where you're, you're feeling this. Sorry about that. i got an alarm going off as I'm like trying, trying to make this, yeah, to make get this epic point here. <laughs> that's that's the, the hangout vibe, right? Yeah, no worries. <laughs> that. Yeah,
0: that, that is. that is that... Just, oh, just is, making sure is. that we're
2: staying on brand here. <laughs> you're fine. Yeah,
1: yeah. We want to keep it with the brand. You're, you're perfectly <laughs> on it. Um,
2: no, no, you're fine. But truly, like, yeah, yeah, just yeah. understanding that this is all... A journey, and because this is going to make the process so much more enjoyable, the the more that you want to make it happen right now or faster, mm-hmm. the less enjoyable it's going to be. And just understand that like people are so, just so short, like they they don't play the long game. And it's like if you think about this as the rest of your life. Mm-hmm the work that you're putting in the steps that you're taking towards figuring this out is invaluable. And, and taking, you know, even if it takes you a couple of years to figure this stuff out, it's going to be that much better than if you continue to try to make quick fixes over and over and over again, and none of them work. So that's what I would say is like, be patient, accept that it's going to be a process And and try to embrace it. I know that's hard. I know it's difficult. I know if you're in a place where you don't love your life and we're, you know, we're talking about feeling alive and feeling excited about, you know, waking up in the morning. If you don't feel like that, I I totally understand how painful that is and how frustrating it is. But just know that taking small, consistent steps is always going to be better than taking quick ill-advised ones as long as they're in the direction of what you truly want so taking the time and the energy to to make sure that you're going in the right path even if it's a slow one is always going to be worth it uh, yeah uh, way right to right top there? the last one ben.
1: <laughs> <laughs> i was like mm. all right we can't top the last one then ben just came out <laughs> with that extra fire on the, on the last one uh even with the alarm going off, <laughs> right <laughs> he went right back in <laughs> oh man <laughs>
2: Oh, that's that's amazing. Yeah,
1: I agree. For the people that are hanging out with us and resonate this resonating with them, like how can they find you, Ben?
2: Yeah, you can find me on Instagram. Um actually just recently shifted, so I'm I'm glad we're (laughs) we're doing this now. Uh, but it's at the the handles (laughs) at benjamin.m.fritz. Um, you can also find me at my website, which is benjaminmfritz.com. Um, and then too, I just like to tell people like Please reach out to me. Please connect with me. I'm not somebody that I'm not. Try, I'm not here to try to sell you on anything. Basically, I want the best for you, and I will figure out, you know, the, the the best way that I can help you, whether that looks like working with me or not. I truly don't care. And so I know that in the coaching industry, people can sometimes be really nervous to reach out because they're afraid that um, somebody's going to hard sell them. And I'm I'm just not that guy. Mm-hmm. So you know, always feel free to reach out. I'm I'm here to be a resource. No, that's awesome. And you have a podcast too. Why the world yes. needs you. Yeah. Um, so
1: to everybody hanging out, Ben has a podcast too as well. It's a win-win
0: situation. Yeah. Getting best of both words, hanging out and also understand, speaking about, you know, why the world really needs you in your life. You need both. So please check that out too as well. Yeah. don't, and
2: forget.
1: don't forget to subscribe, yeah, follow, rate and like Hangout Talks on all of your podcast listening channels where you can definitely find Ben's podcast too as well. Uh, why the world needs you so if you could be on the same podcast channel and get both of us access to both of us you know listen win-win everybody <laughs> uh win-win <laughs> you know a little bit more casual yeah. a little and and more make sure like to follow us on instagram uh peter underscore the suited marketeer uh myself is mr good underscore all um uh, ben fritz too as well follow him and man we're looking forward to hang out with everybody again on the next episode Ben thank you for hanging out with us from Chicago you are
2: so welcome guys thank you thank you for having me it's been a